0: This podcast contains some coarse language and mature themes. Viewer discretion is advised.
1: Hello and welcome to Sharing Contently. My name is Jake and if I were to personify an element of the human condition as expressed by life as a millennial at the start of the 21st century... I would be a crushing sense of failure to live up to my potential and expectations set on me due to both massive societal factors beyond my control and my own mental health issues.
0: Um, (laughs) hi, I'm Lauren, um, I don't know what to do with that. So I'm just going to say my like crushing millennial guilt is still just being a constant disappointment to my parents, even though I'm like 90% sure that they're proud of me. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I got, but in case you hadn't noticed from that very vague but oddly specific introduction, we're looking at Bo Burnham today, aren't we, Jake? Well,
1: it's specifically Bo Burnham's latest Netflix special, Inside, which came out in the 2020 COVID pandemic times.
0: Yes, it is like the COVID miracle we all deserved, I'm not gonna lie.
1: It made me feel things, which is strange and unusual, and I'm not sure if I like it. So with that out of the way, let's say that this episode will have discussions of mental health and mental health issues. We will discuss Bo Burnham's Insight, which if you haven't seen, it's on Netflix. It's about an hour and a half. Go check it out.
0: Do it. Do yourself a favor.
1: Yeah, so we're going to be discussing art and artistic interpretations, um, how that relates to ethereal intent and so on. There's a lot going on here. This work is very self-aware. It's aware that it's performative. It's aware that it's going to be viewed and how it will be viewed. And it tries to engage in that discussion in advance. And, oh man, it's just, there's so much happening here. And I typed three and a half pages of notes for this. I wrote something like eight pages.
0: So Jake, I'm just confused. Are we having a spoiler zone today? No
1: spoiler zone. There's not really... Anything to directly spoil, but at the same time, I don't think you could talk about this with a, in any real sense without spoiling it. All right, let's dive in, because we always start with a plot summary. So I wrote one for this, and I'm not quite sure how it'll end, but let's go with it.
0: A plot summary. Let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> An
1: artist genius returns to the world after retiring five years ago to look after his mental health. Through songs and skits, he documents his thoughts and life living in the modern world and during the COVID pandemic. With our character discussions of there is Bo the Performer, Bo the social critic, Bo the complicated human, as well as the camera and the audience.
0: Look, it's a broad spectrum of characters, I guess a good place to start is what's your history with Bo Burnham and how, I mean, I sort of feel like I bullied you into watching this special, but where are you coming at this This first?
1: special was absolutely on my list and something I had been meaning to watch, but I knew that it had feelings attached to it, and it certainly did, and I wanted to make sure I was in the right headspace and had the time to process them and i'm actually really glad we're doing this because this is giving me a good way to do that processing my history with with, with mr burnham i'm still not sure what to call him we're calling him
0: bar we're calling him bar Bar. all right
1: my history with bar is a reasonably light i am a child of the internet and so when something of his went viral i might have seen bits and pieces of it i saw some of or maybe maybe most of what but kind of in the background and didn't make a huge impact on me. And now I'm a convert.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum. So I've been following Bo since his YouTube days. Um, one of his first ever videos was a song called New Math, where basically, as someone who's really bad at maths, which is maybe allegedly me, he kind of makes all these maths puns and it's very crass. And I, 16-year-old Lauren just completely fell in love with him and, and his sheer genius at the lyrical complexities he could deliver so i i came like relatively late to the youtube phase But he was also a Vine star, and I followed him quite closely. And when he retired, in inverted commas, at the ripe old age of 25 uh, from stand-up at the end of his uh, Make Happy special, I was completely devastated and so excited that he was back with a new special, and Inside definitely delivered on that as far as I'm concerned.
1: I think really, I mentioned that there are characters, but there's no real way to talk about this without just looking at it, I think, chronologically as it progresses to you. so there's the opening and then the first song we have is content it's very much about his return i think i think that's a perfect way to open it
0: i think it's also acknowledging that generational divide between millennial culture and, and the zoomers or the gen z's or the coronials or whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. and that aspect of like content creation as an as a active engaging process rather than entertainment as a process you know it's I think one of the lines is it is like, look, I made you some content. And it's yeah. like, yes, thank you for making me content. I crave this. <laughs> I,
1: I didn't pick up on that yet. <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> one of the things I made was a spreadsheet which tracked what themes I picked up on and in which items. Now, one of the things that I did find really interesting and that's something that we absolutely have to discuss is the way that this show is presented. Sure. Oh, man, is this is Bo just an absolute artistic genius and it scares me the presentation which is very direct and raw and apes on a lot of internet content things which is where the song is all about we get things that look like youtube videos like twitch streams like behind the scenes shots but it's also all beautifully framed beautifully lit
0: yeah totally and not to apply too much like intertextuality but at the end of his special of make happy he talks about how millennials are raised to perform we grew up with video cameras you know i don't know about you jake but my parents filmed every christmas of me unwrapping presents as a child do you think we've ever watched those no but we were raised to perform to an audience that now exists and i think Bo is very aware of that and he likes to construct and deconstruct that at the same time, and that's what makes his work so appealing on another level.
1: But also so interesting is that there is that construction and de- and deconstruction at the same time of yes. almost everything, which is why I don't know how to talk about this, but I want to. He
0: I think we just need to acknowledge he's an evil genius. He works on another level that none of us are worthy of being on.
1: So we have that song and then we have a zoom in on the camera zooming in on itself on the lens. And very much I got the feeling of this is going through the looking glass and entering into his bizarre little world.
0: I, I totally agree. But I also think, and I don't know if this is symptomatic of of my job as a teacher, but I spend so much of my time talking to myself in my house. And I think a lot of us during this process of transitioning to Zoom and whatever else we have, have been talking to ourselves in our houses to do our jobs. (laughs) And it is symptomatic of that new culture or that necessary technological development as a consequence of the pandemic that I think he quintessentially captures in such a, meaningful but also not meaningful way making it hyper aware like you are watching this through a lens and i'm alone and i'm talking to myself
1: yeah he openly references that he is there talking to a camera and we are there watching it on a screen and there is this huge separation and yeah that's another one of these themes that i cannot believe that a comedy special a musical comedy special has literal themes that i could write english essays on
0: oh you could write a thesis on on inside uh, yeah
1: But yeah, there is this idea of how does technology and the internet separate us? How does it connect us?
0: Totally. And Um, I think that one thing that he is aware of is its audience as participation, its audience as experience, and it's also creator as the, like you said, the death of the author. He's so aware of all of these layers and makes it explicit, but you're also like, this is really comfortable and nice to be in, someone who is self-aware. You know, we are a culture of self-aware people.
1: He appears to be aware of the fact that it is comfortable and nice, and he will break that comfort, quite willingly.
0: Totally, totally,
1: I agree <laughs> with that. And it's, oh, it, he's a mad genius, is I think what we've come to. And we move into the next song, which I think is possibly the thesis piece of the whole special, but I don't know if I'm willing to fully commit to that, and that's comedy.
0: Yes, I mean, comedy for me is, it is like old school bo burner for me that's a comfort yeah. song it's like him yeah. self-referential as you know i'm a i'm an american white man and i'm gonna tell you how to fix all your problems and i'm aware that that is not you know the authority on everything
1: in preparation for this i had re-watched what i watched make happy and i think comedy is on a whole nother level than that i think it's much more self-aware he has several props in this song, and there's a, a whiteboard that constantly changes, and I paused on all of them to make sure I was fully aware of what they're saying. Have, <laughs> you, looked at, have you looked at the flowchart? It's the main one I want.
0: I've seen know. parts of it. I've never paused on it because I'm not a lunatic, but maybe I should. <laughs> I just know, to be honest with you, I clocked that he had nice handwriting. That was the extent of it.
1: On my notes right in front of me, I have got jealous of his handwriting because, man, am I jealous of his handwriting. But yeah, no, so there's this wonderful flowchart about what makes comedy, and it... You know, it talks about is it punching? You know, is it punching down? Is it? Uh, are you sure? Blah, blah blah. And it seemed to very much be tongue in cheek, grappling with the concept of making comedy in the modern world yes. for a wide audience. Absolutely. And again, this is something that we're going to carry through. The, um, that previously in other specials, Bo was very willing to punch down and then make light of. Ha ha ha! I punch down isn't that subversive. I know I shouldn't do that. Mm. In this special, I don't think he does it once.
0: I don't think he does because, an, as a future song that we haven't discussed yet, indicates yeah. I think there is that fear of cancel culture at the core. No, if
1: it's a fear. Because this is the thing, is comedy talks about I have self-reflected and I've, I've decided I want to be an agent for change. I think there is a really, and you can look at comedy and you can see how he has grown... <laughs>
0: Well, do we want to move on to the next song? Uh, FaceTime with my mum, Bracket, Tonight.
1: Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> How do you feel about this song? Because I get feels. I
1: get feels too. I don't have many notes on this, but there are a couple of things. The, one of the key ones is the portrayal of a, the mum and dad relationship yes. to the child. Far too real. Um, <laughs> far far too real my dad says what's up or whatever and i say hey and this the longest it's the deepest conversation we've ever had or something yeah to that extent is like i don't know the exact lyrics but it's something to that extent that was the bit where i had to write down because this sunday as we're recording this was just father's day
0: it was yes
1: i called up my mother (laughs) and talked to her like i do and i said pass on happy father's day to my dad and that was it that that's the extent of the father's day interaction i have like my interactions with my father are very light and reasonably superficial these days and that's just how things are and i don't know like i don't necessarily want that yeah but it's just the realities of being effectively an adult man with an effectively adult father or certainly an adult father and having to reframe how that that relationship works and not knowing because men are great with relationships as everyone knows
0: (laughs) flawless with their emotional expression (laughs) It's interesting because yeah. for me, I relate more strongly to the mother aspect of that song where it's, you know, I call my mom two or three times a day because she lives yeah. interstate from me. And I'm always like, hey, mom, I just made a nice coffee. Like, I just needed to tell <laughs> you, like, I'm that kind of a person.
1: I'm the exact opposite end of the spectrum. My parents also <laughs> live interstate and it might be, a, you know, once a month, twice a month that we'll, <laughs> um, we'll make contact with each other because we're just bad at it.
0: The thing that FaceTiming with my mum really hits me with is because my mum's not good with technology. She is, like, so against yeah. Facebook. She's so anti-everything. Like, she's one of those yeah. people that has a shared email address with my dad because they're just of yeah. that generation, you know? It's such a relatable song for me, personally. Yeah, it's an
1: incredibly relatable song. The, the whole thing, like, both of us latched onto something and it's just, there, there is so much relatable. Yeah. And there is, like, this is why the in my opinion inside is about the millennial experience at the start of the 21st century absolutely that is what the special if you boil it right down to one thing that's what it is about
0: even the angles it's shot at and the composition of the shots to go from a wide lens to a mobile phone kind of portrait portrait frame the
1: aspect ratio the usage of aspect ratio within the special is very incredible exact. as well like everything is deliberate
0: and it's horrifying how it puts you in that i'm sure it's deliberate because he's an evil genius as we've discussed Hmm. but it puts you in that mindset of i feel like not only am i facetiming with Bo, but i'm facetiming with him and his mom and i don't even know anything about (laughs) his mom even though i'm a crazy super fan
1: yeah well following on from facetiming my own we get another behind the scenes thing and there is a flicker of something for like a single frame in the bottom right did you ever catch this do you know what that is it's
0: it's him can you tell me what it is yeah it's him in the streamer position which he's gonna do later it's him streaming himself yeah that was
1: exactly what i thought was and i also think that this is and maybe this is me getting very intertextual but i would be willing to bet money on this as a reference to the film fight club
0: yes I completely agree and I'm so glad you said that because I thought the same thing when I saw it around view four or five of it because it is that Tyler Durden? Is that his name? Tyler?
1: Yeah, it it is that
0: Tyler Durden snapshot. Like, did I miss that? Did I see that? I thought the exact same thing and obviously it's deliberate but you see later on when he does kind of like a let's play of himself it's the exact same position it's the exact same
1: that's exactly what i thought it was but wasn't committed enough to pause on a split second frame no
0: you're bang on the money there again it's Bo. it's deliberate it's part of his it's deliberate his yeah and but it's him decisions. setting
1: up the how real is all of this absolutely um and getting that that feeling of questioning reality that the whole special carries and then we move on to how the world works
0: this is a, this is, yeah. I think this is an instant classic and it's so underrated. Yeah,
1: I think it's a very clever, it starts out with a, a very happy, very childlike vibe, reminded me a lot Sesame of... Sesame Street. Sesame Street. Okay, I was thinking they might be Giant's children's albums, but sure. But the other thing I noticed on the rewatch is that that opening where everything is happy purely talks about elements of what we would uh, traditionally be called nature.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's like birds, it's
1: bees, bees, flowers. Yeah. There is no element of human or society totally. in that. Totally
0: agree. And yeah.
1: then Socco is introduced to talk about how society functions. And are you familiar with sock puppets on the internet? A sock puppet account? No. So, a sock puppet is often used as a term for a secondary account that someone else might create to sprout ideas. That they can then debate with, or agree with, or spout extreme ideals. I've never so Socko is a literal sock puppet as well as a sock puppet account.
0: Oh my god, I have never heard of this. I I feel like I need to hand in my millennial card because I'm failing as a millennial right now. This is
1: more like general internet culture thing, right? So I've just looked it up. Uh, sock puppet, oh, as defined by Wikipedia, oh, is yeah, an yeah. online identity used for the purpose of deception. Generally used. For, there's a good example here. I've got uh, Mitt Romney admitted to ha- maintaining a soccer puppet account on Twitter under the name Pierre Del Keto, which often posted celebrations and defences of his actions. Oh
0: my god. Who has the time and the energy? <laughs> like, I. I'm a busy person. I got a full-time job. I don't have time for a sock puppet account. Is it a sock puppet so, or yeah. a sock a sock account? What's it called?
1: A sock. It's called a sock puppet or a sock puppet account. So the fact that um, Bo uses a sock puppet to sprout a series of ideas that we don't know how much he agrees with or don't don't disagrees with. Some of them are pretty ridiculous. Well, yeah. Like that's the other thing. <laughs> it's a tirade, and it starts moderately reasonable is it like that's where it starts and it just rapidly escalates
0: that's true that is true
1: like i agree with a lot of them and i'm i feel i'm re- radically extreme generally speaking and there was a point where i was like yeah yeah take it back a notch dude just step down
0: i mean i think lyrically this song is on just another level even though it does get extreme you know he talks about private properties, inherently theft, and neoliberal fascists yeah. are destroying the left. It's like, that is spicy, but like, let's talk lyrically about the rhyming schematic yeah. that's going oh, on there. Yeah. You know, like that is like Lin-Manuel Miranda levels of rhyming schematic where you're having double and triple rhymes in different iambic or pent- well, not iambic pentamas, but different pentameters. different, like
1: yeah. different,
0: uh, you know, in different beat- meters. Yeah, meters, that's what I'm after. And it's, incredibly intellectual. Even though maybe, okay, yeah. it's not accurate from a factual point of view, the intellect behind that is phenomenal.
1: After Socco Bo's sock puppet account, and I'm still on that that's intentional.
0: 100% right. it must be. Like, I didn't know that reference, but it makes perfect sense to me.
1: Then we get a wonderful demonstration in performance song of the disparate power dynamics that the song is about, with Socco and Bo's interaction and... Yes. I hope you learned a lesson I did and it hurt. Yes. Oh, I love that line. It's really spicy and really clever. It also, it it starts the discussion of the responsibility of education versus self-actualization and versus the desire of individuals to help and do better. And where do those lines meet?
0: But I think it's also supporting the aspect of critical thinking as opposed to following the crowd and being on a hype train about, you know, things that are (laughs) hype trains on social media. And I think... That's what's really important about that particular song.
1: Moving on, as you said, White Woman's Instagram is the next song. It's my
0: least favorite song, but it's only because I feel personally attacked by it.
1: (laughs) I I, I do have a lot to talk about with this one as well. All right. But so obviously it starts with you know all of these nice things and then goes on to is this heaven or is it a white woman's instagram yeah. which is of course all about questioning qu- questioning um how people present their public face particularly online versus the world like no one lives this heavenly life totally. it's not possible you listen to that song and you watch the video and you go yeah i've seen that yeah i've seen that yeah i'm used to this like these are common tropes that we are used to within this context it's
0: the fallacy of social media put through the lens of that basic white girl kind of and sure you know as a basic white girl myself i'm happy to be the punching bag to bring that to the attention that instagram and social media are a lie in case you didn't get the memo they're a lie nothing on it is real yeah and i think that is the thesis statement behind this song
1: we do have unpaid intern which is
0: a banger i wish it was longer
1: i wish i could just jam out i that. wish it was longer too i think it's a really clever concept yeah but i can't really talk about much about unpaid intern without talking about bo reacts which totally. is which they tie together which is the next one with him reacting to the song and where he explains the concept of this is a working class song about modern day working class being an intern and i think that's genius i actually missed that link until he pointed it out and then he points out that he's pointing it out and, put, and it gets incredibly meta, incredibly fast. Becomes a self-reflection about self-reflection. It's explaining the joke about explaining the joke.
0: But I think it's so reverent because it does that. Oh,
1: exactly. No, genius. Like, I'm not complaining here. No. I needed that joke explained.
0: One, one complaint I do have, it was at this point in the special, I went, oh, so you're not going to write really many complete songs from beginning to end. It became really apparent to me, and I think... Once I realized that, it became I was like, Oh, you don't have songs that have, you know, two verses, choruses, bridges, and then a final chorus. And unlike his other specials. And sure, maybe that's a symptom of COVID or our shortening attention span or whatever you want to make it. But it was at the unpained intern part of the special that I was like, oh, so this is just gonna be lots of kind of catchy sound bites. And I think to eighty percent realisticness that was definitely what happens with the rest of the special there are obviously exceptions to that yeah but that was one of the things that i started to realize oh this is very different not for better or for worse but just different
1: personally i think it's a bit for better um because generally speaking his songs will generally have one funny joke concept Mm. we'll explore that for a verse and the chorus we'll explore it for a bit more there'll be a subversion there'll be another verse another chorus and so on and then it will title back together and be done yeah and like that's the very rough formula and once you hit that subversion point you've had the jokes yeah and I'm like okay I get it now what's what's next give me more of that content personally I was much more into this sharper snappier format tell the joke move on show it move on yeah like that was you know again maybe there's that shortening attention span
0: I think it's, that like coupled with, with, like, give me that instant feels. Like, I'm in a miserable situation with COVID. Like, just give me an instant, like, jab of, like, serotonin straight into my brain, please. Because that's just what I need to get through my day. Yeah.
1: Speaking of short bops that are instant jabs of serotonin, we move straight on from there to Bezos 1. And I only have one single note on this. Good, let's hit me. Which is BOP. In all, ca- in all caps, <laughs> italicized, bold, underline. This is a bop there's nothing else to it <laughs>
0: yeah i look i agree it's a bop it's i think weird it's irreverent it's bo burnham at his most like bombastic but i'm also like if it was deleted from the album i wouldn't yeah. notice its absence either i think it oh, adds nothing absolutely. I think it's, there's again a tonal shift and maybe that's just that's just its point like
1: it's still vaguely about the internet about privilege about Capitalism. Um, the, the modern world and capitalism, but yeah, it doesn't add anything. But being just an absolute banger,
0: <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it a banger, but it's
1: <laughs> okay. It's a bop. i a go stick with bop. It can be
0: a bop. We'll create a scale at some point that explains the distinction yeah. between a banger, or a bop, and a flop. So, uh, what's up next? Oh, I do like this next song.
1: I think the theme of that song is how the internet has changed human relationships how some things are for the better and many things are for the worse. I
0: completely agree. That is
1: the subtext of the next song, which is
0: sexting. I love this song. I think it's irreverent. It really makes me feel personally attacked in some aspects. And (sighs) I think the visuals are just so great in this. This is him at his peak with projections and, you know, the use of emojis.
1: Speaking of the visuals and called out... There is a visual that I felt called out by this. Really? The song itself, I didn't feel so much. What it was is the literal wall of text is what I've titled it. There is,
0: yeah.
1: for a couple of seconds, is reasonably brief, but I had to pause it and read the whole thing. I assume you've done so too at one point.
0: No, never. I have a life.
1: Oh, there are various messages projected and there, but there is one that is a full like wall of text and it opens with, I didn't type the whole thing out. I might be able to look it up, but it starts with no pressure, by the way, if you can't, if you're not into this or so on. And it's this full-on thing. And it's, oh, my word, is it literally everything I think every time I'm sending a message to someone.
0: Really? I haven't looked at it that closely. But one thing that I do love about this song like we sort of touched on is that he's in I think a white t-shirt and white kind of boxer shorts and has this really brilliant projection going over him and a white backdrop so anything that's projected is also appearing on his body so he's like personifying those elements and he uses emojis really creatively I mean all the crass ones and then also some weird ones he brings in a Ferris wheel and a snowman at some point if you don't know what (laughs) I'm talking about just listen to the lyrics and believe me somehow it'll make sense and he really encapsulates that kind of flirtation aspect of the online dating and communication scene in a very nuanced way that uh, at least for me it feels like a personal attack so.
1: moving on speaking of deconstructions we then get a deconstruction of a different element of online culture the deconstruction of the thank you video and the deconstruction in my opinion of the audience the parasocial audience fan relation with online because it is very much, this is him waving a knife and saying, thank you for watching my videos.
0: <laughs> and he's like pointing the knife at you, so you feel like you're being attacked. And I'm like... <gasps>
1: but at the same time, he uses the perfect tone of that like that thank you video that I hope everyone has seen by now. Totally. Of some description or other on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and it does all that. And then what would typically be the end of the video, he just stays there and just looks at the camera for an uncomfortable silence. And he's
0: pointing a knife at the camera, isn't he, in that shot?
1: Oh, vaguely. vaguely, He's holding a knife.
0: Right.
1: At least this is my interpretation of it. And it was very much like that was the bit that stuck with me more than the knife, was this what happens after the camera stops, what happens when the character that we see on YouTube or whatever goes away and that person with whom we have this parasocial relationship with returns to them as they normally are.
0: I think that would have been like an interesting parallel if he had have done it would be, you know, the like fake YouTube apology video, or like the very, oh, yes. not fake necessarily, yep. but the very well constructed, you know, if there had been a payoff of that being like, my thank you video holding a knife, wasn't me really being, and he's holding like, a bigger <laughs> knife, you know, like <laughs> something like
1: Yeah, I love that, that's great. Yeah, to
0: offset, this is why I should marry him, because I have lots of good ideas, Um, you know, to offset that, and to really link to that YouTube culture, you know, like the crying, especially those makeup influencers that do these crying videos, I think something like that to offset it would have been like a nice kind of tonal bookend at some point, but that doesn't quite calm.
1: I think this is, like, when we were talking before about how the songs are shorter and and snappier and just get to the point and move on. I think this is the same sort of thing with a skit, and maybe we did actually need that continuation for this skit, as well as a couple of others, I feel, for them to land that little bit more. Or just make the
0: reverence that they're talking about more explicit, maybe, but again, I think... As we talked about the death of the author, we can apply our own interpretation to it, yeah. and I think that's what Bo willingly gives us a license to do, and that's what is great about him. Oh, I don't like the next song.
1: So the next song is Look Who's Inside. This is the one where I believe the title of the special comes from. It sits almost in the middle, not quite, mm. but very close to. And it's the one that I have the least to say. It's about, It doesn't seem to be about much. It has the fun line of went outside for a reason to hide again
0: I disagree I think okay please I think there's a connection between the aspect of obviously him being in his guest house slash garden shed whatever it is it's very bougie where he is that link to him being a young adolescent and being on YouTube and his whole kind of sanctuary being inside while also simultaneously being projected out into the world on YouTube and finding quite some success doing that And he talks about, like, look who's inside again, I'm back inside, I'm doing this stuff. And I think that's the connection on a very granular, not selfish, but maybe self-aware level that is more for his fulfillment than the audience's in that moment.
1: I I can take that. I, I don't dislike the song. It just, for the one that is literally the title of the special, it seems to be about the least.
0: Adopting it as the kind of personification of the title of the special is accurate. I think it's called inside more because it's representative of the fact that for the past, well, let's be honest, for us, have been inside for nearly two years of our lives. I think it's more representative of the social condition of quarantine and isolation than necessarily the song itself. I think the song is more a reflection of him being like, look how ironic it is that I'm miserable and I'm inside, but I started my career by hiding in my room and writing stupid songs about maths you know I think that's what the Mm -hmm. connection is and it doesn't have to have more meaning than that yeah as
1: I said I'm fine with it I wouldn't necessarily cut it I just I wanted more from it is I think where that one lies I
0: think the point of of that song though is because it links because the next song is problematic which is him kind of addressing how his earlier comedy stuff is very let's say not politically correct and very much would be yeah. the target of cancel culture today and I think it's that link to say look at my old stuff that I used to made when I was inside and I was a very young well, relatively young adolescent and then addressing it directly being like I know I was problematic why haven't I been cancelled and also I'm gonna own that I'm problematic because if I say it first you can't get mad at me which I think is what the tone of that song is. Sort of.
1: I think there's a lot more to the tone of that song. There is a lot going on visually in this song but (laughs) with the musical stylings and the way a lot of the elements i think it harks back to a late 80s training montage
0: yeah it's supposed to be like um physical with olivia newton john meets i would say like a prayer by madonna
1: sure i i'm less used to the musical elements to me it was the um, eye of the tiger the yeah, classic that montage too. training song that looks too. because you, there is you know him on the bike sweating there's various him lifting weights him i took that uh with those stylings i think those are Incredibly intentional, and it's about a need to to improve. Like that's what a training montage is normally about. So it's acknowledging that he used to be problematic, and that he's going to try not to be. And that's why, even within the song, we get the first verse where he talks about his Aladdin costume, and then the second verse says, "Oh, but you know, I tried to excuse the fact that I was a child, and that's still not good enough." Yeah, there's a strong element of self improvement in it.
0: I think what it's more symptomatic. And symbolic of is you know his earlier stuff would not would not hold today and there's many of his songs that i could tell you right now that are True. a little bit icky even
1: i think some of his specials like even his later work there are elements where as i've said earlier i think they punch down a bit yeah. and he talked about it and i don't think this special does ever and i don't think it's necessarily because he doesn't want to be cancelled but because he has gone through that those elements of self-reflection he has gone through the metaphorical training montage and he has gotten better
0: and as a whole I think the fearlessness to acknowledge that his early stuff was as he says problematic is really important and I think it's wonderful that the internet hasn't tried to crucify him for it either you know because those things can really come back to bite you and I can only imagine that anxiety I mean I said stupid stuff when I was 16 17 and I'd hate for it to come back and bite me now
1: Maybe this is very much a more personal thing, but I also read into that song as elements of acknowledging that growing up with privilege, yeah, whatever that privilege is, you will be problematic because that is part of society. You
0: have an insular worldview. But not only
1: do you have an insular worldview, you exist in a problematic society. Yeah. That is just how it is. Yeah,
0: and I think what's really nice about it is that acknowledgement of I didn't know better and I don't deserve to be punished for it, but also I'm acknowledging it now, so it's it's kind of So okay. I can do better. Yeah.
1: More significantly to the topic at hand, there's a lot of religious imagery.
0: And that's where I think it's similar to Like a Prayer by Madonna because you have yeah. that kind of projected right. crucifix aspect and I would say very Christian-focused imagery.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that he has a very modern typical jesus-like appearance in this at one point he is crucified on a projection of light yeah. and i know that there are people who would ha- who would find those depictions problematic
0: totally. how do you feel about this because i am not on the other side of uh, 30 like some of us on this podcast maybe allegedly
1: yes, i am on the other side of 30 <laughs> but i didn't turn 30 during the pandemic i actually had a very nice 30th birthday and like I came to terms with being thirty, in what I can only describe as another world.
0: It really feels like, that, um, doesn't
1: it? yeah. So it doesn't like that this song doesn't hit me in those strange ways because I already came to terms with this without having to also come to terms with a form of an apocalypse.
0: <laughs> like I said, I'm I'm not on that side of thirty yet, but you know, as someone who is a birthday month celebration kind of person, that Jake can attest to because every year he gets dragged into the month long celebrations. And having had one of my best friends have her 30th during the pandemic in 2020, I really felt this song hit me in the feels in a very empathic Hmm. kind of way. And it was so poignant seeing him sit there and I'm sure it's a stage shot and it's not the actual shot of the clock ticking over to midnight on his actual birthday. I'm sure it's staged. It it can't be. It can't be that (laughs) It can't be. As knowing that it's performative, I think it it still hits me in the feels. And one thing that I want to highlight with this particular performance is his use of lighting. Because he has kind of three individual lights on himself that he operates with a foot kind of pedal as like a guitarist does is my only real frame of reference and he also has his phone i believe with the brightest light ever i've seen on a smartphone and he flashes it behind him and uses it as a bit of a halo light around himself that's so effective
1: he's been in various states of undress throughout this but this is the closest we get like this is he he is just in underwear for this yeah it's very vulnerable Yeah, that's, that's, that's the word I've been searching for. Thank you. It's very much him presenting himself in a vulnerable state, in a very natural state. It's metaphorically naked state, if not um, literal.
0: This is, I think, that kind of celebration of birthday suit vulnerability and also acknowledging, you know what? I'm getting old and I'm 30 and you Zoomers suck and I'm <laughs> going to be a crushy old man. And I used to be that young kid that was on the blocks and was that whippersnapper amongst older comedians and now i think i'm one of them and i'm kind of okay with that i think is where he kind of comes to by the end of it
1: It it's also a i think a love letter to lost youth like it does open with that um i used to run for miles
0: look i love this song i think it's fun it's it's heartfelt in a way that is the most sincere I think we almost get from him. So after we have 30, we have like a couple of weird skits that we're going to skip over just because, Um And then we get an intermission, which is like a real harken back to, I think, old school Hollywood.
1: Also, I think it gives you, like, I honestly needed that. Like, I needed some time to process everything that had just happened.
0: Totally. totally. And then we have Don't Wanna Know. Is that the next song? Yes. I'm yeah. relatively indifferent to this song. I think it's that... If if I was in a, a theater itself listening to a symphony orchestra perform this live accompanying, you know, the the show itself. This is the song I'm sitting down with my soft serve and I'm getting comfy in my seat and that's what this song is. It's me just getting resettled back in for act 2. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's perfect for that. Very much the most mask off Bo is the creator. Yeah. He still has a lot of nerves about how his art and his creations are perceived. And it left me questioning what does you know what does matter to him what does he want from me as an audience member am i meant to enjoy this am i meant to be giving it all my attention
0: and does he require my approval yeah because i'll give it to you but also like you don't need it yeah. you're a genius you know it's that insecurity level that i think again millennials have where it's like please reassure me constantly all of the time but
1: i think it also then ties into the next skill which we have which is the let's play and does borrow Want me to enjoy it? Does he want my attention? Does he want me to pay attention to the message? Because I think the let's play is where he does a pretend let's play of a pretend game of his existence.
0: Yeah, and it's eighty percent of it is him just like crying in a room by himself, which I I can relate to.
1: (laughs) You can relate to it, but the streamer version of Bo just sort of glazes right past it. The streamer Bo is thanking subs. And going, oh, what's going on here? What's this about? And, oh, the graphics are
0: nice. And he's referring to other games that are similar kind of interactive movies.
1: What I found really interesting was that the streamer version of Bo is not engaging with... Like, this is clearly aping on an artsy-style game. And then they are only superficially engaging with the... "Quote unquote art." I really felt that this was a discussion of art's value when viewed through different mediums and with someone else's interpretation. He says on his podcast about interpreting art.
0: I I've never got the streamer thing because I'm like I would rather play a game, and maybe that's because I'm approaching that you know generational divide of it, but. I get the humor of it and the explicitness of calling that out, but for me, it's like it was just the right length of time for a skit. I got the intention, but I wasn't enamored with it. I yeah. didn't feel connected to it.
1: I wasn't enamored with it either the first time until I like I, I did my rewatching, where I was like, okay, what's going on? What do I feel about all this?
0: But the other thing that I think is really important that I think you've touched on, but maybe didn't quite explicitly state, is that when streamers are streaming, it's all about them. It's, it's not about the yeah. art, like you said, that they're experiencing, but it's about them being the art through the lens of experiencing other art. That's just like another level of meta I don't think I've unpacked enough. But the focal point is the streamer, not yeah. the art. All right, I'm so excited for our next one because I think this is going to be the first time we swear on this <sighs> podcast. Yeah. I'm so excited. Do you want to say it okay. or shall I? All yours. Ah-hem. So the next song is called Shit, which is just it's probably one of my favorites because I think, you know, we talk about the millennial experience and everything else. I think this song really fits with the, the COVID experience of just being like, everything sucks and the world is on fire and I haven't washed my hair in a week. And yeah. I just I'm also like, I don't really care. I'm just going to get drunk in my apartment by myself. Allegedly. That never yes. happened. Allegedly.
1: Yeah. It's a bright and boppy song about having depression that's
0: very dark it's
1: about (laughs) depression but it's this happy bright song and i read into it as a bit of a disassociation between media and social media and genuine feelings where there is this like the facade of the bright bop and the genuine feelings of the lyrics
0: yeah i i don't disagree with that i think the point is it's like we do this thing as millennials where it's Very dark, but we say it as a joke, you know, and to kind of stifle the darkness that we feel with our constant existential dread. And I think that he does it really well. The lighting and everything is beautiful and very effective in his delivery of how he's singing, how he feels like that's right. I'm going to say it again, (laughs) shit. And as someone who has watched this special after a few glasses of wine or more on a few occasions, I can relate to it because it's that intersectionality of... The millennial experience, COVID being the worst, you know, our lives being upended in this kind of post-apocalyptic mayhem that we've lived in for nearly two years. And it's comfortable as well, which is okay. And I think that's all it has to be.
1: This was what the song was. Again, it's one of those short, sharp songs. Here is the joke and we're done.
0: This is one song that I wish had a subversion (laughs) or a...
1: A build. Yeah, I I think I I agree with you. This needs a bit more, but I think it would be disingenuous if it did have that sort of a twist
0: totally i
1: did want another layer to it i'm not gonna lie but i don't want that i want more something else i'm i am not the genius bo burnham is i don't know where else to take it
0: and maybe maybe it doesn't have to be this false lightness but it can be a a a reality check or a recognition that like it's hard for now but it's not hard forever or something along those lines or like i don't know so i think the next main song and i'm sure you have thoughts and feelings some about this yes day, is welcome to the internet which is probably the most viral out of i would say all of the songs in this. spectrum oh, I don't do.
1: potentially i think b Be- i yeah, think bezos bezos one went a bit more viral myself but yeah
0: really i i strongly sure. disagree but i spent 80 percent of my time on nine gag yeah. and that's my frame of reference for pretty much yeah. everything on the internet <laughs> <laughs>
1: but anyway um, yeah <laughs> this was the song at which i was like okay this man is truly like on another level. Yeah, because once again, a little element that I would like to hope is intentional is the lighting for this is a galaxy lamp. Oh. it's but
0: it's stunning. It's, it's stunning
1: and it's done beautifully. but it's so it starts with with a series of laser projections from what's known as a galaxy lamp. and then later on, it's the projection of an aurora. And these are things have become a meme for being promoted on viral tweets so there's again a tie back to the fact that this is about the internet with the lighting being done from a device that everyone knows through the internet and i was just like oh god dude just take it down a level
0: on that you know tonally without even getting into the lyrics i mean the tone of it is that kind of sideshow circus you know come in yeah. children let me entertain you like you know like the evil guy in Pinocchio like in the book not the movie because the movie's kind of rubbish right. you know sucking the children into the carnival I think it's that aspect of yeah. let me seduce you let me get my hooks into
1: absolutely you. and it builds in elements in tempo and in again visual editing where the, the cuts get yep. faster and faster and shorter and shorter and closer and closer yeah. this bombardment of content which is what it's about
0: yeah and it's complete opposite spectrums it'll say something really nice and then it'll cut to something very dark and then something really nice and you're still processing yeah. the dark thing that's like you yeah. know you're talking about banana bread then you're talking about something negative about murder yeah. and then it's like back to fairy floss and i'm like whoa i'm getting whiplash but also like this is what the internet is like can yeah. i interest you in everything all of the time like yes yeah you can. but
1: specifically i think it's about um the attention economy of the totally. internet totally um, not even subtextually like textually and yeah. how the the attention economy has had an effect on the world but also how we operate and you know we talked before about shortening attention stands about you know need for immediate um, gratification I like think so. this song is and it turns sinister and it knows it turns sinister and oh it's clever
0: But what's also nice is it has that moment of lightness right before it gets dark again where you go, oh, okay, actually, you know, you recognize that as a generation, things we grew up in a very, not a dark world, but at least a a world where we were confronted with dark images on TV. And he refers to 9-11 explicitly. And I think he recognizes that, you know, we have been bombarded with a lot of negative imagery from a very young age. And he goes, you know, it's not all bad. But then also that evil voice comes in with that very, very, very (laughs) auspicious laugh. It's very ominous and, you know, and it it sucks you back into the internet because that's both a safe place and a a dangerous place, I think. And that's what the song It's thesis is about, you know.
1: Completely.
0: I love it. I think it's very clever.
1: Yeah, there's not much more to say because it's so effective at what it tries to do.
0: And I think it's a song that is is so enhanced by the visuals. I think some of the songs yeah. you can listen to and really just enjoy, but this is one that, like, the visuals Ooh. add to the storytelling experience on a complete other level.
1: And then we move on to Bezos 2. And I literally have one note here. It's, um, what?
0: Yeah, it's just <laughs> like a... It's a transitional song so that when you get to that funny feeling, you have a tonal shift.
1: The, the, of all the songs... To have a follow-up this one is the one that gets the follow-up of all the weird bits this is i just i find strange the first one is very much i think tongue-in-cheek encouraging the richest man in the world to be the richest man in the world and yeah you can go do it you can you, you can outperform all the other billionaires who all all of you have ridiculous yeah, amounts of money he's like and the it's... one
0: person in the world that doesn't need a pep talk let's be yeah honest. and
1: i think that's, that's the joke
0: right okay
1: and, I, and that, that's fun for, for the length of the song, but I, I just I don't know why it got a follow up. I don't know what the point of Bezos Two is.
0: To be honest with you, after Welcome to the Internet, I really struggle with the rest of this special because I just think it gets very heavy tonally.
1: The, the number of songs I have to talk about, or the amount, number of elements I have to talk about, severely reduces as the thing goes on, and maybe that is just attention lag. I'm going, yeah, okay, I've got it now. But I do think there is less going on. Um, Then we move into that funny feeling, and... Which is my
0: least uh, favourite song, I would say.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if it's my least favourite, but I really feel it's a less successful version of White Woman's Instagram.
0: Do you know what it reminds me of? And I don't know if this is a reference that you would get, but Tim Minchin has a song called White Wine in the Sun.
1: Yes, of course. I'm very familiar with it, yeah.
0: Right. It reminds me of that because it's like... Really? He does it at the end of his shows, and it's this very sentimental song that's quite lovely, but it's also like, yeah. I'm not paying you to be lovely right now, Tim Minchin. I'm paying you to be funny. Make me laugh, oh. you know? So I,
1: I really like White Wine in the Sun. Oh. Yeah, I
0: can't stand it. It's my least favourite of all his songs, too. Yeah,
1: that funny feeling is... It is about feelings and stuff but i think what is interesting is it's trying to be this emotional song but the feeling it's talking about is the ironies of modern society where we have people you know we've just come from bezos where we've had we have people with ludicrous wealth and people with literally negative wealth totally and the ironies of when you question all that and it starts to really bring into the ideas that we'll get to in all eyes on me about the way that this can feel like the end of the world
0: I, I don't disagree with you. I just think it's it's like we're on this roller coaster for so much of it, and we're we're keen to be on this roller coaster, and then he slams on the brakes, and I don't enjoy that as an experience because I'm just like, Daddy, give me the content. That's what I want, you know. To quote Bo
1: yeah to quote Bo, i say like, i don't think it's a slam on the brakes because we have had a sort of slowdown. we do have that weird live comedy sketch which is a bit slower and yeah. takes a bit and it's like we are like the the pace of the special has very much decelerated and yeah. i think that funny feeling is an interesting song but it doesn't have the strength of the elder others in my mind
0: yeah i completely
1: agree and then we have another behind the scene thing of bo talking about how he's one year into the special and it's one you're on, and then he breaks down sobbing, saying, I am not well.
0: That's very dark. It's very dark, but
1: again, I struggled with that. Like, a lot of the other breakdowns and, like, emotional bits feel very genuine, and this one feels incredibly staged. I agree. Because its camera slowly zooms in on him in a way that framed and set up to do. And because of that, when we've had so much genuine emotion before, this one feels a bit hollower. And we're primed to understand it and believe that there are, like, real mental issues that he's facing.
0: Do you know what I think would have been more sincere in that moment? So, obviously, like, alongside all of the performative aspects of the show, one thing that we haven't really talked about is Bo's physical appearance changes throughout the course of the show. His His beard gets longer, his hair gets longer. It's clear he's going through that, you know, COVID, lack of haircut, personal grooming phase that we all go through, let's be honest. But what I think would have been more poignant in that moment is him with his scraggly hair, his scraggly beard, and to have dead silence instead of him sobbing. You know, yeah. dead silence, all oh, that ringing silence that you get, like the tinnitus silence. Yeah. Yeah. To really bring that point home that, like, maybe this has been quite the labour of love for him and, and yeah. maybe also a Hail Mary in a very dark time. I think yeah. that would have been much more poignant.
1: I do think that that one doesn't quite land as well as it could have. I agree. But it's still, like, I still got what it was saying, I think. And then yeah. we move into "All Eyes on Me."
0: This is a good which song. Is, I do like. It's this a good
1: song. song. This is where I think is the start of the finale of the special. I agree. Yep. This is we have this summary where we bring back. Are you having fun? We bring back the, the world ending, which we just had a bit of with that funny feeling. Mm. There's talk about get inside.
0: I completely agree. I think this song really strongly reminds me of the finale of "Make Happy." Sorry, the second Come last on. song of "Make Happy," which is when he's doing a bit of a Kanye West impression and yeah. satirizing the seriousness at the end of you know musician sets where they pretend to have a message but really it's very commercialized this is akin to that but it's talking about how we can have all eyes on him without having to face his real anxieties of getting in front of a crowd again, which is a very real anxiety for him. And part of the reason he did retire was because he was having panic attacks on stage, which is horrific. And I can't imagine a worse place to have a panic attack. Mm. So I think what's really interesting, aside from the lighting and the lyrics is that kind of confrontation that all eyes are on him in a very low stakes environment while also acknowledging the performative aspect of the show. This
1: is where we get very much, this is all about focus of an audience on the performer yeah. and the toll that that brings and depending on how it's done and this is where I think he w- most successfully plays with aggressively breaking the fourth wall where at one point he directly Rather than just singing to the audience, he sings to you. Yes. And he picks up the camera. Yeah. He swears at you.
0: <laughs> it's very jarring and it almost yeah. spins you out if you get, like, really bad kind of motion sickness, so yeah. it'll give you that.
1: Yeah, and it pulls you in.
0: Yeah, and, and that's the intention of this to remind you that you are a consumer, but also you yep. are the kind of, like, director or the agent of this because you could completely destroy him through your consumption of it and your like or dislike of it.
1: We move on to arguably the final song which is Goodbye. Yeah. Which... He's still playing with those behind the scenes elements because it's introduced as him doing take one of this song that I don't know if it's gonna end the special.
0: Again, it just and I hate to sound like I'm beating a dead horse, it just that song just reminded me of his final song from Make Happy, where he retires and walks away and sings this song at the end of Make Happy, which is the beginning of Inside, and there's this kind of parallel aspect to it that i'm sure is deliberate i'm sure it i'm
1: sure it's deliberate but the other thing that i found really interesting with this one is you were talking about his appearance and how it's changed and this is like very much obviously wrapping up the special that we've just witnessed and it it starts with him looking very clean healthy and well kept and then there's a camera angle change and it's much closer and he really doesn't look healthy he really doesn't look well It, it looks like it could even be taken the same day But just that changing camera angle and getting that little bit closer changes how much you understand about him and how he's doing.
0: I think so. And I think there is, it's hard to know what's performative and what's not with Bo, but I do think that his hair is more kind of long and unkempt. His beard is very scraggly. And, you know, he obviously is recording that final shot towards the end, I think, of the actual recording of the special. And there's a real sincerity to it even though I know it's performative that maybe this has been quite the undertaking for him that he hadn't necessarily thought of when he signed up
1: this is where I think we get a lot more of that sincerity because as I've said throughout the special there's lots of behind the scenes shots and um, you know yeah. take one this that during this song there's a lot of the behind the scenes shots of the things that have happened previously him setting up the various bits for white woman's Instagram and the like and these ones I 100% believe are real oh I do too these are the ones that I don't question at all and that really helped drive home the genuineness of the message here the elements that have previously felt like they could have been performative I'm like no these ones aren't I know these ones these are just the start and ends of you turning on the camera and turning them off and getting things set up so
0: what is the message here then for this song what is the message
1: reflection because it's a reflection of the special but it's also a reflection of Bo's experience uh, making the comedy for no audience um, and Telling jokes without someone to laugh. Yeah. He refers back to the, you know, all right, now it's your turn. Brings back the bit from comedy of next time I'm feeling down, call me up and tell me a joke. Like, I'm putting this on you now.
0: But there is that hearkening back of, again, his origin to his YouTube days and how he was just a kid in his room playing guitar and playing keyboard and didn't have an audience then. And I think there's a lovely parallel implied in that and that carries forward, obviously, to the end of the show but an acknowledgement of okay this is this is my roots this is supposed to be where i'm comfortable and also it sucks that i don't have that instantaneous reward that we're used to
1: yeah no i hadn't i hadn't read it that way and then we have what i will call the actual finale of him stepping outside yes and we see the guest house in its full but it's framed to look like a set, and there's a spotlight on him and it's then shot in a very sitcom style and and you overact getting locked out and it wonderfully brings back that performative element and brings back the what is real, what isn't, how much of this is a facade.
0: But also, I mean, I don't know about you, I get, and I've, I've been looking for a word in the English lexicon, but like secondhand anxiety needs a word. But anyway, I get secondhand yes. anxiety when he's desperately trying to get back inside to that safe place and he's pulling on the door in a very Dick Van Dyke <sighs> comical manner. Yeah, And I'm like... I want you to get back inside. Be safe. Take care of yourself. If that's where you (laughs) want to be safe, be safe in there. I get really bad secondhand anxiety. We need a word for it. Us millennials need to work that out. Yeah, we absolutely do. Because I use it at least once a day and don't have a word for it. But is it like anxiety by proxy, maybe? I don't know. Anyway. Something. You do feel that sense of desperation because you've been on this psychological and emotional journey with him for so long it does feel desperate and you get that sense of maybe he does have genuine concerns about releasing this into the world and facing the necessary critiques that might come his way like you know
1: coming from that we then get a shot of that same thing projected onto the wall of inside that we've seen and then a shot of him watching it and he just sort of does this nod of like okay that's the end i'm happy with it and I really like that moment of closure.
0: Yeah, I hadn't got the sense that he was happy with it. I think it was more him embodying the audience experience and being like, I'm amongst the audience now, let's look at this thing. Not necessarily satisfaction. Okay.
1: I hadn't taken it that way. I had read it. And again, this is art's yeah. interpretation. They'll vary based on audience, but I had read it as a movie director watching the final edit and giving you know, their pass or not. Just going, yes, I am done with this. This is not necessarily good but acceptable i can release this with my name on it and not hate it Yeah, and i think that's a nice sort of moment of closure given given everything else that we've had
0: interesting what a journey what a journey the show is
1: it's something else let's talk about some highlights what would be your favorite quote if you <laughs> had one so
0: glad you asked So I want to emphasize, when Bo retired in inverted commas, I was genuinely devastated because I think he's a voice unlike any other out there, genuinely. And I think his genius is so criminally underrated. So in, I think it's content, he says this, and it was just for me like a rush of adrenaline when I first watched this special. And it's not going to surprise you because we've quoted it about two or three times. But he says... But look, I made you some content. Daddy made you your favorite open wide. And I'm just like, thank you. Thank you. I'm ready. I'm ready to receive. Like I am here as an acolyte. It's so good. It just like literally I can't describe it. When I first watched this special, knowing he was never coming back and thinking it would never happen, it was like tingles all over my body. I was like, Bo's really back and this actually means a lot to 16-year-old me who first found his song about stupid math algorithms and you know 28 year old me who's just like i need this right now in my life
1: awesome and what i really like about that is that from my reading of that line is he's very much taking the mickey out of you you are the butt of that joke and you love it
0: (laughs) and i'm so ready to be the butt of it i'm I'm just like (laughs) yes i will open wide like please please give me that content because i like i genuinely missed him and every year Bo burnham is in my spotify most listened to and has been for the longest time. I have no shame in like commenting on that, but it's just I can't express to you what it meant that he came back and did this special.
1: Now I feel real bad because I chose two quotes because I, I I had to cop out. I couldn't pick just one. I had to pick one from a song and one from outside of a song. Boo. Yeah, fair, accurate. I'll wear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we had from every lyric within a song was systematic oppression income inequality, the other stuff, and there's only one thing I can do about it while well, being paid and being the centre of attention. <laughs> and it, that is a good It's, it's a great line. It, it really deals with the levels on which that this is operating. My favourite line was, yeah. I think, oh, if I'm self-aware about being a douchebag, it'll somehow make me less of a douchebag. But it doesn't. <laughs> Those two quotes together encapsulate almost everything that I love about this special. So from there. We've got to go into favourite songs. What what stood out to you? What what? Where is the biggest bop for you? I
0: have a three-way tie.
1: Oh, <laughs> gave me grief for my cough out.
0: <laughs> well, okay, I have a two-way tie and then an honourable. Okay, tie. all right. So the honourable mention has to go to "Welcome to the Internet," yeah. which would be my favourite song, except for the fact I get like a little bit hipster. I'm like, oh, everyone likes it, so I can't like <laughs> yeah, it. Fair, yeah, I can so respect that's that. That's my honourable mention. It has to be a tie between shit, because that song again is a bop and I feel it on a molecular level, and then the lyrical prowess of how the world works. For those two are my top spot.
1: All excellent choices. None of them were mine.
0: Really? I was going to say welcome to the internet for sure would be yours.
1: I I had a look at them and this was a hard choice. It's comedy.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes
1: sense. I, I just think it's brilliant, it's clever. It encapsulates so much about what's going on inside his mind about society. As I said, I see an argument for it being the thesis statement of the whole special.
0: Yeah. I do have to say, though, just to get my like, little two cents in on a podcast that's all about me, me, <laughs> me, is my favorite songs of all time of his are not in this special, I have to say, just as a blanket statement. Um, like, they're great and they're very clever, but I think he has songs that have hit me harder in other mediums oh,
1: okay so now you've mentioned that you do have to follow up with what those are oh do i i wasn't
0: sure if you wanted me to spoil it so it's a two-way tie for my favorite two songs one of them is a song that's actually not in a special because i'm that level of hipster today and it's a song that you can get on spotify and there are a very few clips of him performing it live and it's called rant and it's basically, um, he says, I went to Catholic school for however many years and I was in Garage Band for 20 minutes and this is the product of that. And you can imagine what the content's about. And the, uh, the second song is what is affectionately known by his fans as the breakup song from Make Happy, which is a narrative between him and an imaginary, I assume, girlfriend breaking up. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say on that. Okay. Go and watch the breakup yeah. song on YouTube because it always makes me laugh out loud with some of the... Uh, The tonal shifts, let's just say. (laughs) Um, It's a good one, it makes me chuckle, but those are my two favourite songs of all time of his.
1: It's time to rate the special, and I think there's only one sensible way that we could rate this. Out of 30? No. Out of one.
0: Out of one? Binary? A one or a zero? That's pretty harsh. I
1: don't know how else to rate this, other than giving it a one out of one.
0: Out of one, it is a very clear one for me. I am the leader of the Bo Burnham fan club. Uh, Not actually, but I wish I could be. I adore it. It was what I needed in my life at the time it came out.
1: The reason for rating it out of one is I cannot imagine with something like this that is clearly so personal uh, and so artistic, dividing it. I couldn't, I wouldn't be comfortable, like if I was to rate it out of 30, I wouldn't, I couldn't say, oh yeah, I give it a 29 out of 30. It's not practical for the way I view this, for it to be divided in that way.
0: I think it's an experience. It's something that you do need to watch when you're in the right frame of mind. I would say don't watch it if you're feeling a little bit fragile about the whole world ending constantly, but it's a relatable experience. And I think it's there's aspects of representation of your own psyche being projected through a very powerful comedy special that is really validating for yourself in your own life experience.
1: For the very little final bit at the end here, Ooh. um little special treat i said to you i want to write essays about this i want to see this studied in english for media analysis so i have okay. written up some essay questions
0: oh god <laughs> <laughs> i'm ready i just
1: thought these would be a bit of fun i'm not expecting anyone yeah. to write an essay on these but if you'd like to we've got an email address
0: Please do. what is that email address again Jake? just quietly
1: our email address is sharingcontently at gmail.com where you can send your essays. Uh, how many words are we going to ask for?
0: I'd say max 2,000 words. But
1: I don't think you could comfortably write 800 words on any of these, not including citations.
0: Oh god, I just citations. <laughs> If, if you're going to do citations, we expect um, MLA or nothing, <laughs> Okay. So, yeah, just want to make that really clear. I'm a methodology queen, I, I know what I like mm-hmm. with my, my presentation of my research. <laughs>
1: Inside makes the case that the internet does more to separate us than it does to connect us. Discuss.
0: That's, that's a lot.
1: Inside fundamentally discusses that all life, relationships and art are merely a performance.
0: Oh, don't do this to me. Jake, don't do this to me. But also please someone write that
1: and the final essay is, while overall lighthearted, Inside presents a pessimistic view of the world and our future. Do you agree? So send us your essays at sharingcontently at or mm-hmm. how else can they get in touch?
0: Uh, we have a Twitter account, which is, oh, look at me doing this for once. Yeah. At share underscore contently. We also have an Instagram, ye old gram of instas, and that is at sharing contently at the moment it is mostly memes because that's what keeps me afloat during these dark times.
1: So it's not latte format?
0: It could be miniature pumpkins, hashtag pumpkin spice latte, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I have to check it. I do love a pumpkin spice latte, though, but that's just me, again, being a millennial white woman, as per usual. Alrighty, Jake. I think it's my turn to say bye to people, so I'm going to cut you off at the pass and do it. I think that sounds right. Are you ready? Yeah. Oh, I never get this moment. I always get so excited every time I get to do it. <laughs> bye to people.